Hi, welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, a show where the comedian Peter Brush, that's me, talks to his yoga teacher, Kayla McCormack, about yoga and some other stuff. Today we talk about tapas, not that one. We talk about the niyama tapas, which means self-discipline. And then there's some other stuff about the sun exploding and a tree falling down near Kayla's house. Not falling down, they cut it down. That's quite integral to what we talk about. Right, if you've been enjoying the show, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoy this one. If this is your first time, then I hope you also enjoy this one. I hope everyone enjoys it. Here's a show. It was definitely noisy. The other, you know, when I said I was also kind of stressed, but also they were chopping down a tree nearby, and you could hear it definitely. Yeah, that's a shame about your tree going. Yeah, I, I, I give up. <laughs> I give up. I don't know. I don't know who do I, who do you go to when your counsel is wrong? You know, like mm. <laughs> I think the thing that bothers me the most about the situation around you know protecting nature and protecting trees is like a lot of people who want protection go to things like conservation area or uh, uh, tree protection orders tpos on specific trees and those are supposed to like offer some protection the only thing is is that conservation areas are only around areas that are of, of an appealing nature and they have to be around something specific so the conservation here in Kirkstall the area is specifically around Kirkstall Abbey because of the abbey that protects the trees but that's just a byproduct the real thing is the abbey that is trying to protect so the conservation area you all you have to do is give notice of work and then the government only fight that or try and say no if you're actually going to either damage the tree where it might die or you're actually going to fell the tree you know take it cut it down completely and then they might step in there's no actual protections at all as far as i can find and please correct me if i'm wrong (laughs) that actually protect the trees for the sake of the trees or for for the sake of climate change so even someone like the woodland trust you know massive big charity that's fighting constantly to bring in conservation areas and in areas of like beauty and stuff like that still no real protections a council can just be like, yeah, sure, whatever. And that's it. It's just, ugh, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Mm, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just think it's one of my things that I think a lot of people don't realize how much is not protected. It's just a pe- literally fill out a piece of for- a form, a piece of paper, and then you can do what you want. The wrong people might be listening to this that want to get rid of trees and now know it's <laughs> no, pretty hopefully, easy. hopefully the only people listening to this are people that want to keep all the trees. Yeah. I just think that if something takes longer than a lifetime to to grow, there should be laws and protections in to make sure that that is 100% the only way to move forward is to take it down. It shouldn't be just like, oh, I want some more light in my back garden. Mm. No more tree. It's like that tree took 70 years to grow there. What if the person who comes after you in 20 years when you're dead doesn't, you know, not you because you're young, but my neighbor. <laughs> uh, what if that person wants a tree there? Well, they can't have it. I'm writing a joke at the moment. Again, a niche joke, hopefully. Uh-huh. Well, not hopefully. But I keep writing niche jokes and it's not very good for a career. <laughs> but I was trying to write a joke about how being a kid, I found a really good conquer. But instead of using it, I've tried to put it out to stud. So it just means planting a conquer. And then, like, in a hundred years, you'll have some really good conkers. So it's really stupid <laughs> to be a kid that is, like, putting their conker out the stud rather than using it to play conkers with. I mean, that's not going to... It's not going to work <laughs> at a weekend club, is it? Like, in front of a load Probably of not. drunk people, it's just a no-go. But I don't know. They always say, oh, write for yourself. But then you realise that there's not, like, 
a million of me around that can be audiences to me just means you alienate 99.9% of people in the world. To be honest with you, when people say, like, write for yourself, does does that apply to uh, comedians or is that more for, (laughs) like, when you write books or stories or something? (laughs) Well, yeah, I suppose it is actually, isn't it? Yeah, advice to comedians is just dumb down everything, make it really, really obvious. Yes! and, And then deliver it as if it's better than it actually is. And then people get tricked into thinking, yep. oh, always oh, delivered that with conviction, so it must, it must be good. Must be funny. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't think that was very funny, but it must be because yeah. he said it is. So, <laughs> so a thing on the uh, about a plant recently. Did you see this news story about a plant that they reckon has some sort of like sentience or something? Like it seems to make choices. Ooh. Yeah, you might have to look that up. Yeah. Because apparently it seems to grow in certain ways that suggest that it's thinking about what it's doing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds up your street, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You haven't even known me that long and you already know that I would love that. (laughs) That's going to cause all sorts of ethical problems if they find out that plants have sentience, isn't it? Because then you're like, oh God, now can't farm carrots because it's like really cruel on the carrot or something well that that is some part of the basis behind the the, like the fruititarian diet because if i've got this right and i could be way reading into this way too much but the idea is i think is that you're only eating the fruiting body of the plant which is designed to be eaten so like like obviously like berries are designed to be eaten so that you know you spread the seeds as birds do (laughs) So the, I think that there is a, there is actually a, a diet or out there that's made to like so you don't rip up the roots of a plant and eat them. You would only eat the fruiting body. Uh, yeah. So you're eating the root is the problem, not the actual budding flower and stuff like that. Yeah, because that's made to be. Eaten. Most fruits are made to be eaten. They want the plants have made them juicy and tasty and full of sugars, so that we want to eat them. So that will go spread the seeds. <laughs> So if you're really worried, just become a fruititarian and you're right. I'm not that worried yet, but um, <laughs> but it'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be a, being oh. like a sentient? Can you imagine being a tree with like thinking, and then imagine hating your neighbours as well <laughs> as a tree? <laughs> oh god, right. maybe there's another tree in your area that's really happy about that other tree going because they're like, oh, finally <laughs> that prick's moved out. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh god, it's awful. Uh, on a more serious note, though, um, <laughs> oh no, not a serious note. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that uh, there's been lots of studies of, of not um, cops, so not small trees like you would have here in your back garden and things like that, but massive old forests, like ancient forests and like the like the black forest out in Germany. There have been studies that have shown that the trees are all linked together through their roots and that they share nutrients. And if one tree gets a disease, the other trees will give it more nutrients to help it through like a harsh time. And that they all like are actually connected and and in a sense communicate with like chemicals and stuff. I think fungi do that, don't they? I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Very similar to that, but only if they've grown together. If that makes sense, not necessarily, not necessarily the ones you would get here in your gardens. But yeah, interesting. (laughs) So does that mean we're now going to talk about? Because I was saying to you the other day that I remember when I found out that. The sun was gonna like engulf us, and we're all gonna. But I don't know if I want to say exactly what I said to you in an email because everyone's gonna know I made a mistake now. <laughs> 
because it was after we were talking about the tree being yeah, uh, yeah. chopped down and how annoyed I was and I was quite upset by it and there's nothing I can do. And then I kind of said, like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway because eventually the whole world's going to burn up and nothing's going to be left anyway. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, I know that the sun's going to supernova. But then you said... And then I quickly <laughs> corrected you to say the sun is much too small to supernova. Yes. Mm. <laughs> It just dissipates because all it uses up all its fuel and then it goes... I feel like a damn fool now, but, you know. <laughs> I listened to an episode. Did you ever listen to In Our Time on Radio 4? No. That does ring a bell, though, but it's, I don't think I have. Melvin Bragg just talks over academics, really. But um, they had one about eclipses recently. That was mm. quite interesting about, you know, they find out more about the sun through a solar eclipse. And, but I thought you probably know a lot about that sort of stuff if you do astrology, I guess. Yeah, astronomy. Astronomy. <laughs> not, don't make that mistake. Not the quack one, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, this, is, this is interesting. So apparently in the Bible, in one of the Gospels, they mm. say that the moon was blood red on a certain night and it sounds like they're describing a lunar eclipse right? yeah. when like just before the crucifixion mm. and because they can now backtrack when they had lunar eclipses and it's such, like clockwork yeah yeah <laughs> they actually did track it back to ad 33 in somewhere near jerusalem there was a lunar eclipse yep. Which yep. is insane, isn't it? Like, like, I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, he was who he said he was or anything, but, I mean, he did exist mm. as a historical figure. Yeah, yeah, Jesus did definitely exist as a human being, absolutely. Yeah, so mm. there was a lunar eclipse on that week or whatever, and so, yeah, mad. That is, yeah. That, that, is that the year. Yeah, there's loads of things, because a lot of um, astronomical events uh, pop up in the Bible that are, it's actually quite interesting, because obviously there's the other one, you know, the Star of David, so when Jesus was born, and then the, the, the apostles followed the star to get to him. And then there's always been like a few little things like, oh, was it, you know, was it just them following the North Star or using the stars as a compass? Or, or was there actually something going on there? Uh, there's been tossed around that maybe it was a supernova or something like that, because the supernovas would be visible if they're close enough, obviously. It would be visible during the day. So, right, Betelgeuse, the top star in Orion, so like the, the main asterism of Orion, that top star in the corner, that one will be going supernova soon. Like we're kind of waiting for it. We're like anticipating <laughs> this supernova to happen so we can watch it. And um, It's already happened though, isn't it? But it's just, or has it? Yeah, it's very we, far away. Yeah. So we, we, just, we, haven't, we can't see it yet, but it's happened. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because every because as you look into space, you're looking back in time because yeah, light yeah. takes so long to travel to us because space is so big. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we're waiting for that to happen. Um, if it happens, you will be able to see it in the middle of the day with the sun out. It will be that bright. So there's been like tossed around that maybe the, you know the Star of David and when Jesus was born was a supernova or something mm -hmm. like that. But then the latest thing that they said because of the the um, conjunction that just happened. Was it earlier this month or was it late last month? I think it might have been late last month. Um, but that conjunction of some of the larger planets all coming together also make a very bright star. Well, obviously, it wasn't a star, but a very bright object in the sky. And they wondered if maybe that had happened when Jesus was born. And that's what... So, again, calculating back, trying mm. to find the exact dates and things like that and see if that's something that could have been going on at that time. It's really interesting. I find that kind of historical astronomy quite interesting i did do a module of hi the history of astronomy and it was quite good <laughs> when i found out that the sun was like going to doom us yeah yeah you know, ultimately 
it did make me sort of feel like there was no point in believing in becoming a ghost or being reincarnated because mm. like, there's a shelf life to that then, isn't there? Because yeah. I've always sort of been hoping that maybe there is something else after after death. But if it's just a, if you become a ghost or you're reincarnated or something else, there's still a shelf life there, isn't there? Unless you believe in multiple universes. Oh, good. I'm glad I've got something to cling to. There you go. <laughs> so there's, this, there's either the idea that we are in a cyclical universe, so eventually our universe will collapse in back to a black hole, back to a singularity, and then we would start all over again. Big bang. Poof. And then the big bang would start again. So there's that idea. There's a joke in, um, you've seen Hannah and her sisters, the Woody Allen film. No, the I haven't. Jay Gray talks about like he's having an existential crisis in it, and he mm. talks about how some philosophers say that the universe is just going to contract in upon itself, and we're just going to be living these same lives over and over again for all eternity. And he goes, "Oh, great! I'm going to have to watch the Ice Capades again." <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not be exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. There's that idea. There's a cyclical universe. That's that's maybe something to cling to. That very much so lines up with Buddhist thoughts and traditions because they believe in samsara, which is that you know death and rebirth. Well, not all Buddhist beliefs, obviously. There will be mm. different fractions of any religion, but for the most part, there's the idea of, of death and rebirth, and then you get stuck in that loop, which they call samsara, of dying and being reborn, dying and being reborn, until you can reach enlightenment or whatever. But this idea that you're you were stuck in that loop and then that could be something like that. But then that doesn't necessarily mean... Because the idea of ever actually connecting with another species outside of our own is very, very tiny because space is so big. Because we would literally have died out before we could reach them. That like our sun might have exploded before we could get to the next one. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the idea of them actually existing at the same time that we're existing right now somewhere else in another galaxy is very much so likely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not impossible. So, so if you're thinking about death and rebirth, what if you were reborn on another on another in another galaxy? On oh, another that'd be good. Planet? I like uh, variety is the spice of yeah. lives. Variety is the spice of lives. I like it. Um, well, that's good. I don't know. I just mean like there's no, it's not there's it's not that there's point. It's definitely not pointless to try and think about a life after death. Because then there's also the idea that maybe there's this like sort of like energy and you kind of join the big pool of energy and maybe individuality leaves, but as a group you merge or something like that because obviously energy is never destroyed. I like being an individual though. (laughs) This is the other thing I was always like, when I was told I was going to go like, when I used to go to church as a kid and I was told, oh, you go to heaven and you'll see all of your long lost relatives once they go and think, oh, well, I kind of want to like branch out. If I can go to heaven and speak to whoever I want, why do I have to hang around with my family again? Like, can I I go and meet Elvis and, you know, Confucius or something? I don't know. George Orwell or someone, not like Auntie Jean. (laughs) (laughs) Our biggest thing when I was a kid was because, you know, they always show pictures of heaven, like of just being clouds and like, you know, angels and things like that. And the pearly gates, you know, the gold gates to get into this cloudy city or whatever. And I always think that was really funny because like, obviously growing up in the the 2000s, it was all skate parks and, you know... sunshine and all that and uh, we were like we don't want no freaking cloudy city <laughs> give me a skate park and yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I always thought that was really funny because my mom was like well it's not it's not literal it's not literal <laughs> and we we're like yeah i'm not i don't want to go to heaven it's boring <laughs> 
remember being terrified about the idea of even going there because thinking like, oh, what if I don't like heaven and I've got to live there forever? Like, <laughs> but it's all like, well, your conception of something is firstly like it, it would it wouldn't probably wouldn't be if it, it did exist and it was some sort of paradise. You wouldn't really be able to conceive of that anyway, would you? Like, probably Ooh. and. Because if we all had to construct our own heavens, it would all be very individualistic anyway, wouldn't mm. it? So, you know, there'd be certain people that wouldn't be there. Like, mm. <laughs> if it was up to me, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'd have my own door yeah. policy. But, um, yeah. but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be an earthly construction. It's like, I mean, I'm not like a believer or anything, but I do think that. I remember John Lloyd, the producer of QI, had like when he was about fifty or something, had a really big midlife crisis, and he sort of like read everything and just like stopped being became a little bit more open to just became much more agnostic i think than, mm, than certain mm. and i'd say that i was very similar like i don't think mm. that it's so difficult to know things for certain that are trivial you know rather than the mm. big things and i remember he was sort of saying that you know if there really was like a an omnipotent creator as a human being we would have absolutely no concept of what the motives behind some all-powerful mm. being would be you end up just equating their motivation to being similar to human motivations because you can't mm. understand someone on a, a different level in the same way that an ant wouldn't be able to conceive the motivations of a human being that's doing certain things, perhaps. Yeah. Or, or you know, ten times that. Mm. That's an interesting way of looking at it. If you had an atheist mindset where you... I remember Stephen Fry talking about how evil God must be to like, make kids have cancer and stuff like that. Mm. But, but like in some ways, like you know, if, if he did exist, you wouldn't... You couldn't quantify it like that. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. So I don't think you have to be certain about these things, really. Like, why do you have to pin your mask to one thing? I mean, I'm always changing my mind about everything anyway, so I'm not going to like... <laughs> I just think that, in general, a lot of religion and spiritualism and all those kind of things, they give people a sense of comfort that maybe helps with life and death and understanding that we, we will die as individuals and that we'll lose family. I think there is, yeah, there's that, but I, I think that one thing that I've sort of learned as in my own sort of, since I started on the mindfulness journey, I hate saying it, it sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> but... <laughs> But just the idea that you have very little control over what you think and do and events in your life, it can be quite terrifying to think about how little in control, as I said before, of, of even what you're thinking. You don't even know why. What, you know, you're not in control of the next thought that comes into your head. Mm. You're not even in control of that, let alone stuff that's going on in your life. There's just so much chance and, and luck. The the idea that you've got so little control can either, can be so terrifying or... I sort of find it actually quite not comforting in a way, but I feel much more at peace with the fact that we aren't in control of so much. But I think that that's yeah. another aspect of why if someone that's equivalent to saying that, well, God's in control and I put my faith in the idea that he's actually like in control rather than Absolutely. me. Like it's the same thing. It's the same liberation. It's the same thing. And this comes back to our point about vocabulary and being attached to different vocabularies to try and explain what we mean. You know, if you say like, um, I don't have control over my life. That's not something that we can have control over. We can't. We cannot control what the weather is going to do, especially on an individual basis. Like, I cannot control if it's going to rain on my house. I have no control <laughs> over that. So there's so much in our lives that we have no control over. But if you wanted to say, like, but that's okay, 
I'm happy with that. That is a weight off my shoulders that I don't have to. If what if you did have to control everything? Gah, what a life <laughs> that would be! You'd be working all the time trying to make sure your grass is getting enough water and it's not、mm. snowing too much to annoy your neighbors and all this kind of stuff. And that's just the weather. Forget about everything else. <laughs> the bus、horrible. didn't turn up because you wanted snow again. <laughs> exactly. Like it'd be awful. So so I'm glad we don't have that's a weight off your shoulders. And then like you said, if you want to think about that in terms of like saying, well, that's you. Know that's you having faith in God to take care of you. Well, that's the same kind of thing. It's just different vocabulary, really, isn't it? You just letting go, letting letting what happens happen because you know you have no control over it. It's the same liberating feeling to think that、mm. not that I think someone else is taking care of it. It's not that. It's it's the、Ooh. fact that I'm not taking care of it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah.、So. <laughs> you know, like I've had you know some points in you know, like I, I would hope that it's not all the time every day, but you know I have some points in my life where I look back and I think like I had too much on, I had too much going on, I, I overcommitted myself, too many yoga classes, too much schoolwork, too much this, whatever. I had too many things going on all at the same time, and then something happened that was quite stressful that needed sorting. Out whether it was like an issue with family or with the house or something like that, and it was so nice when you have someone in your life that can you can just reach out to and you can just say like I need you to sort this. I cannot take another thing. And then they go, Don't worry about it. I'm gonna sort it out for you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort out your health insurance, whatever it is. That、yeah. just you call someone, you know, family member, partner, whatever, and they're like,、God. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna take it. <laughs>、yeah. God, and they're like, I'm gonna take it. And then you can just go.、Ah. Right, that's it. I'm not thinking about it because you've got enough on to be thinking about. It's such a like, it's so relieving. It's so, it's such a nice thing to be able to do.、Mm. And I suppose to some extent, that's the idea of that you can do that on a higher level. You know, like not having to worry about trying to control every little thing. You know, just letting it go and seeing what happens. Should we just quickly talk about tapas then? Yes. Sure.、Yeah. So I can make some crappy jokes about why that sounds like that. Make some... Like, because you know, isn't tapas rubbish and all that stuff? <laughs> it is. I did once go to a tapas restaurant, and I, I'm still angry about it now because right you know, there were like I don't know twelve of us, and we、mm-hmm. didn't order enough. Even because the person there's always like a leader, isn't there? When you go out, like, oh well, we'll do this because no one can decide, and we ended up、yeah. like ordering very very little. And it was too expensive for what it was as well, and I just got extremely angry. But someone, the train wasn't on time, and they didn't get there. But because they weren't there, everyone was like, "Oh, we best leave a bit of food for her." So they just piled up a plate, and she had this massive plate of food. So if you ever want to, if you ever want to cheat people at tapas, just don't turn up on time, and then they'll just like make sure that you've got a full plate of food. And I was just, like, I wish I'd have pulled that. But that is not the kind of tapas I'm no, talking no, about. No. Uh, tapas, the niyama, is self-discipline, which you need if you order tapas. You know, because you're gonna be starving, so you've got to, like pace yourself. <laughs> so right, tapas, like I said, is self-discipline, and I don't know. That's a funny one because you know you talk about、uh, living a life of contentment, but then the next one is self-discipline. It's like, well, surely you know. A lot of the time, people think of discipline as being like. You know, working really hard, but really that can be the opposite of what you need. You know, it depends on what kind of person you are. You know, like to have self discipline could be not to give in to the desire to to work yourself to the bone. You know, nobody wants to come away from something with burnout, and so I think self having the self discipline to to rest when you need to rest is also important. But the word. Also originates from the word for like fire or ignite, and so a lot of people translate it as like having a passion. 
So like, I think it's really good because I think that like, you can relate that to physically like heat, like actually burning and heat. So like in your body, when you get on a yoga mat, you might have a really strong practice, which is why last night's class was so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Because the idea was that you were literally burning or warming yourself up to get rid of I don't want to say impurities from a sense of like a physical actual impurity I just mean like literally you're you're working hard and you're a bit hot you're a bit sweaty and you're you know you're really having to concentrate on what you're doing and your breath or you'd end up like getting lost or you know being so tired that you just you know or, or just giving up kind of thing if you let yourself get too distracted so there's that focus that happens there and I think that that is really important. And there are different styles of yoga that focus. I think it's Jiva Mukti Yoga, Jiva Mukti, if I'm saying that right. And that style of yoga focuses on being hot. So it is a hot yoga style. You practice in a hot room. You're not technically allowed. I say allowed, but that's harsh. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to uh, drink any water or anything during the class. The classes can be quite long, like longer than an hour. And you're just sweating buckets. And the idea is that you are literally trying to cleanse yourself but also your mind a little bit but it's a very forceful practice again probably even more forceful than ashtanga so you know you have to decide whether that's what you need or not so that's where it comes back to the idea of self-discipline in terms of knowing that that's not the kind of thing that's good for you and you need to rest instead or take a more relaxing style class (laughs) and then the other thing as well is like every time you decide not to like i don't know eat a whole cake rather than just a slice (laughs) Bam, (laughs) self-discipline. Every time you decide not to eat or drink too much, you know, before you know you have a class, like the the night before or something like that, that's a bit of self-discipline. You know, every time you turn up to yoga, every time you turn up, you lay out your mat, that's self-discipline. So it's a really easy one to, to practice on a regular basis. And it's different for everyone. Your turn. Go. (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty self-disciplined, so I'm not. I, I think mm. I think I've nailed that one. I think you're pretty self-disciplined. Honestly, I'm so good at giving stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything fun, I've given up pretty much. But Everything uh, fun, oh but I was man! Really good at stopping them all. So. <laughs> uh, is yoga not fun for you anymore? No, it is fun. I haven't given it up, have I? Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how natural that is, though. You're just naturally better at things like that, aren't you? But it's like, I don't know, if you've got an addictive personality. Self-discipline will be harder for some people than other people. And I don't think I've got an addictive person, that sort of personality at all. So it's not really... It makes you sound like you think you're better than other people. You're just sort of saying, oh, I just stopped drinking, it was easy. And, you know, but I'm not (laughs) saying... It's a proven fact. I mean, that's why those, like... um we call them pay to win games the little games you get on your phone where you can buy like packs of something and they're supposed to be tiny prices but usually they're well, those not fixed anymore. odds machines in betting shops and stuff exactly yeah. and and people some people like i hate it i actually hate it <laughs> like i've realized like within the last few years that i am risk adverse i didn't want any risk ever and betting is a very risky thing obviously even just using a like you're saying like a like one of those little machines like a slot machine or something even something like that it bothers me it really bothers me i don't want to do with it (laughs) but i know other people will have like a really opposite reaction where they just feel like they just need that one more that one more go that one more pull on the wheel that one more thing and that 
then, then their self-discipline to stop doing that is actually going to take an active, conscious decision. Whereas for me, I'm adverse to it in the first place, so I don't even have to try. So that wouldn't be where I would practice my self-discipline because it doesn't need any. <laughs> Does that link with the previous Niyama? It's not like your, your mindset, if you're doing something like that, if you're gambling, maybe it's very specific, I'm not sure. It would be, oh, well, I'll just do one more because then I'll be... Not happy, but like then I would have achieved the thing or just one more. If your attitude is more about the experience or whatever, and it's just a lot easier to just draw the line and say, Yeah. So that seems to me to be almost kind of similar to what we were just previously. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the the yoga, the eight limbs of yoga and their 10 yamas and niyamas, so that the 16 limbs of yoga, (laughs) I know that. they're always shown linearly, like one, two, three, four. But really, they're so connected. You could probably put them in more of a diagram with circles and lines because <laughs> it's very, they're all very connected and they all kind of repeat or link back to each other. So definitely, absolutely. And maybe even just like, maybe you're the kind of person who hate, who doesn't like mornings, not for any real reason. I don't like mornings because they make me sick, but say <laughs> if you had a non-physical reason, <laughs> not liking Claire mornings. hates mornings. And she says that she hates the smell of mornings. Like this, there's like a smell in the morning. Just, like that she just doesn't like. It just reminds me of Robert Duvall in Apocalypse <laughs> Now, sort of saying, I hate the smell of a morning. Or something like that. <laughs> That's great. But it's not yeah. napalm, it's a, Different smell. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not napalm. Yeah. yeah, just the morning in general. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, like say if you hate if you hated mornings, but maybe she wanted to just to practice a little bit of self discipline, just to see you know, just to practice it. Maybe for a week, get up early, whatever that means to you. That's different for everyone. But get up early yeah. just to practice self discipline, not for any other reason. Assuming again, there's no medical side behind anything like that, you know. But that's the kind of thing. Or maybe you just need more time in your day so that you can practice your yoga. And the only way to get that is to go to bed a bit later or get up a bit earlier. And My then... friend uh, in York that meditates an hour a day gets up early to do it every day. Yeah, and yeah. says that she sleeps amazingly anyway because of it. That it's yeah. totally worth doing. And yeah, so she's up at seven or something to yeah. make sure she gets a whole hour in. Um, haven't got up to an hour yet but uh... i don't know i think that when i start to go for longer than about half an hour i do start to end up going down more of a contemplation route and don't get me wrong it could be very productive like i'm not necessarily worrying or going down some weird spiral i might just end up contemplating something like self-discipline or contentment or something but that's not that's not what the aim is (laughs) is it (laughs) yeah no oh no other benefits that aren't the aim i mean it's still fine yeah exactly I have had a really good experience when I went on a Tai Chi retreat uh, years ago now. And one of the things that he he did on like as an offer to the students if we wanted to participate was in 2 a.m., we were to get up and go down to our room that we were using for our Tai Chi. It's like a conference room in a nice hotel, but, you know, the big empty room that we were using. So obviously I'm like, well, I'm on a retreat. I'm going to do it. I'm not gonna not do it so two in the morning get up wander down in my pajamas because he said don't worry about getting dressed or anything just come down you know as long as you're not naked (laughs) so it's like right me me and my mother-in-law wandered down in our pajamas sat down and it was such an it was surreal but not in like a creepy kind of way just like in a really like because it was the middle of the night it was really quiet like there wasn't a single car on the road you know you couldn't hear anything and then you sit there and it was a quietish kind of area anyway and it was 
so quiet and he just like sat us down we didn't talk really at all like that was one of the things like please don't talk when you come down just come down quietly and sit kind of thing so we came down we sat and then he kind of like introduced it he's like right this is the you know the sound of silence meditation and the idea is to try to hear whatever you hear when there's complete silence so usually that's like some sort of ringing in your ear maybe even your heartbeat but it was just so it was a really amazing experience and a part of me feels like ah I should have the self-discipline to do that more. Like I would like, I would like that. I would like to come down in the middle of the night, sit in my living room, I don't know, in the dark and just listen to silence. But I also sleep with my husband and I think if I had an alarm going off at 2am, he'd probably get it. So I've tried to tell myself that I don't do it because it's it's for him, but maybe it's more because I don't have the self-discipline to get up at two in the morning and do a meditation. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's what I was going to say. Sometimes you, do, I don't know. I think you do just have to make yourself do things. You have tricks to mm. make yourself like you know. It's like having a meditation app's quite good because mm. you get nudged when you haven't done it it's not you've got no excuse there was excuses but and you can justify not doing stuff so you have to also be honest with yourself you can always justify not doing stuff yeah definitely it's something i haven't done for a long time is i haven't practiced any of my stronger inversions so let's say arms arm upside down arm balances and um like forearm stands even a headstand, to be honest, is probably the last time I did it was with you guys in class. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? That was... <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It did all right uh-huh. there. So. Very good. <laughs> but, you know, like, like just things like that. And I think, like, oh, I push myself in my classes that I teach. I know I do because I'm achy today and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, doing the more complex poses or the poses that are a little bit harder, I really would prefer to teach those in person so that i know you're using a wall or you've got something handy and i I feel more comfortable doing that but that means i'd never do it myself anymore because i tend to only practice when i teach because i teach eight classes a week and i'm pretty pretty tired (laughs) so my personal practice when i do do it is a lot more gentle because i i want to just have a you know stretch out those sore muscles and and relax but um i do think that maybe i should just you know maybe when it's hot and sunny and stuff i'll put a bit of effort in in the beginning of spring or summer and try and practice a bit more of my own inversions or something but but it's like you said you can always justify why you haven't done something and it's up to you to know that if that justification is really really a justification or if it's an excuse <laughs> i think um we've been on for ages now so <laughs> yeah we have self-discipline <laughs> yes i think but, we should finish but, uh, as well yeah so. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I really do. I hope that it brings a little bit of uh, smiles to your face, a little laughter to your life, that kind of thing. Please do share if you enjoy it. It does make a difference. You know, people don't see anything these days unless you tell them about it. So please do share. Find us on social media. Tell your family if you enjoy it. And if you want to get in touch, get in touch. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Any questions? Blah, blah, blah. Have a lovely day. Bye.